Oh what? Sorry, <laughs> you're on mute. <laughs> I was on mute. What a Wally. Let's let's. I mean, that's that's indicative. Love to see that anyway. Kind of vibe we're gonna we're gonna be having today. Um, what I tried to say was, uh, hello everyone. Matt here from UK Nets fans, and I'm joined as ever by Aidan McConaughey and Cami Anderson for another episode of BK to UK, the British Brooklyn Nets podcast. It's been a minute since we came. Uh, to see you on the on the in the pod feed and on and live all over the place but we've licked our wounds we've picked ourselves up off the floor and now's time now is time to discuss that the Brooklyn Nets season is over it's gone um we didn't even make the conference finals um but we'll be before we get into that we'll be chatting a little bit about the latest Nets news we're going to be talking about the Buck series as a whole um some of your listener questions and much much more Make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at UK Nets fans. Uh, the pod itself on Twitter at BK to UK pod. Check us out on YouTube uh, where you can watch back all of our episodes. Uh, we're also now streaming live on Twitch and Periscope. So you can join us there too. Uh, if you are joining us live, uh, please drop comments throughout the show uh, and we'll share our best on the on the screen and we'll do our best to, to get back to all your questions on the pod. Um, with, with that out of the way, let's get into it. Um, and some some Olympics news to start us off with. Let's start with um, something lighthearted before we, uh, before we deep delve, delve into what we really come here to talk about. But um, it was a little bit of the okie koki. So um, KD is committed to, to, to the Tokyo Olympics. Harden came in and then Harden pulled out again. Um, backed out so he could concentrate on rehabbing his hamstring injury. Um, Team USA, the 12-man roster consists of Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, Zach Levine, Kevin Love, all right, Bam Adebayo, Draymond Green, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Jeremy Grant. Um, it's not a bad team, to be fair. Um, lads, what, how do you feel about um, the two Nets representatives on Team USA? I mean, I think KD going is... It's a tricky one. It's good in the sense that he's wanting to continue playing and you can kind of get the feeling that he feels a bit let down with how our season ended. So he's wanting to kind of get some some self, well, in, in the Olympics case, some some gold um, over the summer to kind of make up for missing out on the championship. As for Harden, I think it was it made perfect sense for him to pull out. He obviously played on one leg uh, in the, the latter end of the, the Bucks series and you can only kind of really give him a lot of praise for for pushing through and, and doing that, but really, he, he didn't have to. There's a real risk of it. Um, so yeah, I think rehabbing's the best case scenario here. As for KD, as great as to see him there, I, I would have probably liked him to not have went. Um, just for the sake, he's had his injury problems throughout the season, and it's a big season ahead next season. We all kind of tipped it this season to be the the title winning season, especially after Harden came in. Next season, the expectation is going to be even greater. We kind of messed up to a degree in first time round, so second time lucky, hopefully, um, next year. And I'd just like to hope that KD comes back perfectly healthy. Yeah, I mean, I, I found it strange when Harden committed in the first place, but again, I think that's just his desire to play basketball that we've seen in this last series. And I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised either if um, Kevin Durant decided not to go. I mean, there was plenty of guys that have had quite healthy seasons that have decided to sit out for this one and just get their bodies right. I mean, let's face it, it's been a long time for some of these guys that have maybe played in the bubble and then went straight into the new season. And you'd think this is the perfect time to take a break before going into the 
to the next season, especially for guys that are slightly older. But, I mean, in terms of Harden, it's going to be a really good opportunity for him to get his body right. I, I mean, we kind of didn't talk about it for a while after um, he came in and just went off. But let's face it, he probably didn't have the best preseason um, at the start of this one when he was kind of not going to training for Houston and whatnot. We kind of stopped talking about it a bit. But let's face it, he did come to Brooklyn and he wasn't in peak health. And I don't think that had anything to do with his hamstring injury. It's one of those things where you can be 110% healthy and you can just pick up a hamstring injury. It's, it's, it's frustrating. Um, but it's it's going to be a really good opportunity for him to get that right. Um, in terms of KD, yeah, I think he's going to dominate the Olympics. And yeah, it's going to be proper Kobe and LeBron at the Olympics. I think they're just him and Dame Lillard and whatnot will go insane. And it'll be really good watching. But like Cami said... He just needs to come back safe, safe and healthy. I think that's one thing personally that I've taken in this off-season compared to last year is health really isn't guaranteed. And I think my expectations are slightly less because of the health that we've seen this year. And uh, I just really hope that we get all three stars fit and healthy going into the next season because it's going to be really, really important. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? It's like since... Since those injuries come off, you've—I I don't know if you guys—you guys are the same as me, but it always just feels like in the back of your head, you're just waiting for something rotten to happen. Um, mm. Especially with KD's history, and now James Harden's hamstring has hampered his next career already. So it's—it's it's really good that you say like he—he he does come off and and doesn't go, but you know, at least KD's not going to be playing 48 minutes a game when it comes to the Tokyo Olympics. So, you know, hopefully he's going to have, he'll play a solid 18 minutes, like a 20 minute game or something. And, um, and he'll come back right as rain. But I thought one advantage to, to KD going over is, you know, not that he's going to tamper, obviously, because, you know, we know that the NBA is listening to this pod um but you know players talk um it's a we've seen it with you know how this brooklyn nets team came to in, came into existence um so i was just wondering out of all those people if you i don't know if you've got it in front of you but but if you could kind of cherry pick one person for for kd to kind of have a have a little word in their ear just to be like it's all right over here in brooklyn you know i don't know who who would you kind of pick i know who i'm picking oh. Yeah, I'm gonna get the roster up in front of me. Cami, on you go, and I'll I'll have a think about it. I, I mean, there's a, a kind of sensible, and I'm saying realistic. It's not realistic, but just kind of given the <laughs> yeah. rumours, you'd see Dame Lillard based on the kind of rumours, <laughs> and you'd say, oh well, I will just come here. But if it was just the completely whoever I really wanted, it's Devin Booker. Just he could he comes in, Kyrie, KD, Harden, and two three years time go away. Booker then hits his peak, and and we've got Devin Booker. I mean, I'd quite like that. Obviously, if we could then somehow bring D'Lo back and get Cat in as well, we can have bring D'Lo back. It is, <laughs> but yeah, that that would just be class. Um, all three of them playing together. We, we thought kind of KD and a. Uh, Kyrie would be fun, two really good pals. Imagine those three all together, all really good pals. They'd love basketball, and yeah, I think, I think that'd be a lot of fun. But yeah, I think, yeah, I'll say Dame Lillard for a semi-realistic, definitely not realistic, but kind of kind of on that, kinda, nice. yeah, on that line. As realistic as, as it can be, anyway. What, what think, are you saying, um, Yeah, just having a look. Kevin Love's not a bad idea. He could get bought, bought out quite soon. 
Um, we need big bodies this year. I know he's probably not going to get them this year, but maybe in the next couple of years when we're looking at those vet minimums, someone like that would be great. Um, Jeremy Grant as well, what a great player. He'd be perfect in this team in terms of wing defending the, and his favourite player of all time is Kevin Durant. So there we go. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that's, that's what this is for this this summer. I think it's just KD out there just to show how good he actually is and, and pick up another gold medal. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd take someone like Kev, uh, Kevin Love on a, a vet minimum any day of the week. Now imagine how annoyed Detroit Pistons fans would be if if Blake Griffin comes Grant. to the Nets after his after his last season with them, and then we take Jeremy Grant as well. That would be absolutely horrific. But I, I, you know, I'd love to see Bam Adebayo on this team. It, that's one that won't happen. Obviously, uh, none of this is going to happen. But it's just fun to speculate on it. Um, but yeah, I can see Kevin Love coming over. Obviously, hates playing in Cleveland. Um, so yeah, that's that's one to one to uh, think about. But but yeah, uh, yeah, upshot is um, yeah, just 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 come home healthy. Um, Matty Riley in the chat says um, if it meant getting a five in the off season, preferably who? So we'll come back to that. Um, and he says Miles Turner, which is a nice little shout um, if we do make some moves in the off season. But Matty, we will come to that in the listener port in the listener question portion um, of the show. Um, talking postseason uh, awards, obviously we've been saying a little bit on the pod that it's kind of it. W- it would have been the executive of the year has come out, and and it would have been Sean Marks's um, award to lose, really. Um, but he didn't win it, so so there we are. Um, so he's come third the winner was uh the sons james jones and i don't think you can really argue with with how well they've done um although is it well i don't know well, well i suppose we'll get into it and then it's utah second uh, and the nets third uh aiden you were shaking your head pretty readily uh, uh, what do you make of it i mean we we kind of gave monty williams plenty of praise and i think that is completely deserved when um, he won. Uh, did he win Coach of the Year? I think he did, didn't he? Um, no, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, in terms of James Jones, congratulations. Obviously, the Suns have had an incredible year, but I, I actually don't think he deserves Executive of the Year. I mean, since he came in, I think he became the Suns GM. I think it was 2016 or 2017, and he's been one of these GMs that's tanked for draft picks. They've got a few good players obviously let's not lie they've got Devin Booker they've got DeAndre and who were always going to be good players but they have kind of botched a few as well and let's face it the only really big move they've made is signing Chris Paul and I think if you're going for executive of the year just this year you just need to look at what Sean March has actually done he's traded for a top five player in the league that never happens it very rarely happens there's there's I can't even recall a top five player moving like that in in recent years They've signed Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge to minimum deals while still keeping that um, mid-level exception, which we never even used. We made great trades for Shamit, Brown. We brought in probably one of the most incredibly talented coaching teams ever that never won a ring, which is absolutely insane. But yeah, I I just don't understand why Sean March hasn't hasn't won. I thought he should have won last year as well for his off-season moves. I don't know if it's West Coast bias. I'm starting to think it is. You just need to look at recent years and they do seem to pick up the awards more often than none. And yeah, it, it was disappointing. I felt like that was one kind of staple for us to get it after an injury hampered year where we didn't really win many awards. I thought that was a 
something that was going to happen. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't really think you can give James Jones the award when he's really not done that much this year. I mean, they've done great, but he's not done much overall, to be honest. See, I'm going to disagree in that, as, as you were saying, yes, they've tanked, but then you see so many teams in, in American sports tank and just stay continually bad, whereas they managed to bring in a move, and sorry, bring in a player in Chris Paul, and that move has catapulted the Suns from being one of the kind of mm. bottom teams to a team who, who I, I kind of fancy to go all the way now. And I think at the start of the season, none of us would have sat here and said, yeah, Chris Paul coming in has done that. But just that one move... I can't think of a move that another team's made in the league that's had such an impact, literally turning the team from one of the worst to one of the best. Um, obviously, I agree with what you're saying regarding Marks. I think the fact he finished third is insane. Um, Utah Jazz obviously had a fantastic season, obviously like the playoffs as well, and they, what was it, the best record in the West they ended up having, um, and that, that wasn't something uh, we could have predicted happening either. Um, but Marks, I think, deserves great praise, and I think he should know himself that what he's done deserves a lot of credit and hopefully next year once once he builds this team up again that there could be lots of changes hopefully gets recognized next year if he leads us to the championship but yeah i think james jones winning it you can certainly understand the reasons behind it it's one of them it's just like is because obviously it's under the same bracket as mvp and and defensive player of the year and stuff and and those are obviously regular season awards so is this exec of the year a regular season award? I'd argue that it is. So kind of like you were saying, Aiden, it's just like we, we finished, what, a game behind Philly for second in the East? So, you know, even though the Suns have obviously gone on and, and looks like they may make the finals, um, then, you know, have to, to have that as kind of putting them over Sean Marks, it, it's a bit weird to me. So... Mm. Yeah, maybe maybe I am a little bit more put my nose out of joint than I thought I was with uh, with Sean not getting this one. But but yeah, I don't think he'll actually he'll give two th no. minutes thought to it. So um, I suppose it's a bit silly of us to do it, but we'll do it. We'll we'll argue it for. We'll get we'll get mad for him. Um, he was robbed just like we were robbed of certain mm. other things. But we'll come out. We'll come on to that later. I'm sure. Um, Talking more front office stuff, um, I've called this one in the notes assistant poaches because it seems like all of that that star-studded assistant coach roster that um, that Mark's assembled to come in and, and to help Steve Nash on, on his maiden year as a head coach, um, you know, they've all obviously made really good accounts of themselves and um, and they're getting lots of attention from other teams. Obviously, Ime Udoka has, has been announced as the... Boston Celtics uh, head coach for next season. Uh, great news for him. Um, then there's also Jacques Vaughn, who was heavily rumored with a lot of people, uh, including the Pelicans. Um, and then even Mike D'Antoni was, um, I think, had a second interview with the Blazers before they, they ultimately landed on um, Chauncey Billups um, for their head coach. Um what what do you guys think this kind of means for for the net staff going forward? Is this just a, a good reflection on the team? Are you worried about gaps in our kind of coaching staff? What, what do you guys make of it? I think it certainly says a lot about the team that was kind of constructed for for the coaching team. A lot of these guys came a, a bit unknown to us, but maybe not so unknown to others. And yeah, the fact that. Emi Adoka has been appointed as the head coach of a historic franchise like the Celtics. 
for it being his first gig, it certainly speaks well of him. And obviously, it's, it's fantastic that we've had him in the uh, in the kind of coaching staff. As for Jacques Vaughan, I think last kind of last summer when Nash was appointed, we were all kind of probably geared up for Vaughan actually getting the gig on a permanent basis. And I don't think any of us would have been too upset had he had he been given it full time. So obviously. We kind of know a bit more about him than we do the others. And then obviously D'Antoni, the fact we had him in the first place was outstanding. A, a heavily experienced coach and the fact that the Blazers have went for Billups over him. I mean, yeah, I think I think that's better for us. Um, obviously get to keep an experienced coach. But yeah, I think there's still going to be some movement. Um, Amari Stoudemire, I, I want to say I've seen something about him potentially considering returning to playing. I've so, seen that. I mean, like whether how, how much is in that I don't know, but that could be another way. And the fact I've managed to to kind of bring this team to get this coaching team together already would would kind of give me some hope for kind of this coming season that we'll be able to recruit some more up and coming coaches, maybe some of the good college guys. And I mean, yeah, we've managed to do it once. Why can't we do it again? If we lose some, I mean, it, it maybe bodes well for the future that other guys see us as a bit of a, a bit of a stepping stone. We get the short term benefit. They get to move on to another gig, and yeah, hopefully it brings us championships if we keep bringing in good coaches. Yeah, I mean, we we knew it was going to happen. I think the Nets probably knew it was going to happen, and they they managed to bring in such a talented coaching staff behind Steve Nash for his first year, and I think he'll probably be forever grateful for that for learning off of some of these guys. But Sean March has always kind of been that guy where he's never stood in the way of coaches moving on to bigger roles elsewhere. He's always said it in interviews. It's quite clever. It's a good tactic to kind of say these things and get people in. He just looks as that guy that just wants to better everyone. And um, it's definitely played in his favour, especially this year. But, I mean, Mike D'Antoni, let's face it, as Cammy said, it did catch us all off guard when that got announced. We were like, how the hell we managed to pull off a... A guy like that as an assistant, when he really should be a head coach somewhere, he, he is a fantastic coach. And yeah, I'm, I was absolutely baffled that he never got a head coaching role in the first place. But it's just one of those things that I think it's going to be a big opportunity for Steve Nash. I mean, if we hold on to some of them, fantastic. But it's going to be an opportunity for him to for him to stand on his own two feet and maybe make some decisions that he would have maybe bounced off other guys last year. I remember when he first came in, he asked Dirk Nowitzki if he wanted to join his team. And at the time he said, no, it's not the right time for me. Maybe it's the right time. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I saw, I think it was one of the Dallas games at the end. They asked Nash a question about Dirk and he said, oh, I've, um, he, he is interested in getting back involved and getting coached. And I don't know if that was a preloaded question. And there is already information floating around there um, that Nowitzki could potentially come in. And I think that'd be... Incredible if we could get him in somehow and and, and to work with our big guys. Um, so, yeah, I think it opens up opportunities, as Cami said. There, there's definitely room for us to to improve again. I mean, if we do lose the guys, great uh, great for them, obviously. But, yeah, I, I don't doubt that we can bring in a coaching team that can that can do it. And, yeah, I, I just think it's, it's going to be really interesting. It could be one of those things where it is as interesting of an off-season coaching-wise as it is player-wise. So we'll wait and see. Yeah, it's one of the, I think I saw something that Dirk's gone back to Dallas, hasn't he? As like a as a special advisor. Um, oh, didn't see that. So, um, so yeah, that's looking not as likely, uh, unfortunately. Mm. But yeah, that would imagine if that is you know, dumb. if you. I, mean, I, I wish I could go back in time and just delete that because I was so happy with all my notes there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could be. I'm probably wrong, but you know, it's one of those. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's one of the. I think going back to Udoka going to the Celtics. 
he kind of came in as like the the defensive specialist kind of guy didn't he and that was very much his calling card and his what he could kind of hang his hat on and and i think the obviously the next defense was in question all season um but i think the defense was good enough for what we needed it to be um with the roster we had uh, obviously we had no we've been crying out for ages for like a lockdown wing defender uh, a better rim protection and all that kind of stuff i know defense is a lot more than that um but i think any any flaws that the nets had def defensively this season doesn't necessarily reflect badly on a doka or his defensive nous or whatever that may be um you know i think we you know we were super duper switchy um and i think that kind of style of defense comes from you know the the team all buying in and it's more kind of philosophy based than than running kind of you know a free two zone like we kind of were um a lot of the season previous so so yeah just i think just good luck with with him in boston um but then i was thinking obviously there's a lot of um a, a coaches getting around and getting um sort of rumored to be with other people is is there any coaches that you might could fancy but um joining the nets the the only one that i would kind of think is there's been a lot of positive talk about phil handy and i know he was kind of rumored to be coming in as a potential head coach before steve nash got appointed um so that might be a cool one obviously he had a he's won won a lot of rings and he's in a, a really really good coach i was just um i know i've kind of jumped jumped this uh question on you guys without any uh prior but if is there anyone that you would kind of quite like to see see jay kidd is off the table he's gone he's gone off somewhere so um no more jay kidd what do you guys think yeah i've really put him on the spot here Pro probably just kind of a an older kind of player whether it's a former net or just just someone just kind of like a kind of Nevitsky in a sense, a kind of player of that caliber. Whether you maybe even try and tempt Lamarcus Aldridge into coaching, I don't know what his plans mm. are for his retirement. But obviously, mm. in the kind of limited time we've seen him, he showed some flashes. Obviously, a player who was one of the better players in the NBA for for a considerable amount of time. Um, so whether whether he'd want that, we also, we were also really good with him. Um, so maybe he'd want to repay that favor and maybe yeah, come in and give us a, a little hand. I think that's a good shout. I think that was actually talked about with Lamarcus Aldridge that they they would love to get him back in some form of coaching role. I think probably he'll he could take a couple of years before that happens. Just probably just to take some time with his family after such a a, a quick retirement. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, I I'd probably agree with Cami there. Someone I'd like to see quite a young team behind Steve Nash just for a bit of a fresh approach. I mean. Mike D'Antoni's probably been absolutely excellent and, and I do hope that he's still going to be there uh, next year. But yeah, I'd like to see some younger guys in there just for a fresh-faced approach because um, I think that's that's been a lot of the reason why they brought Nash in, in the first place is because guys like KD and Kyrie, they, I think they wanted a young guy to work with like that. And uh, so yeah, it, it'll be really interesting. And to be honest with you, I could, I could make a prediction, but I'll be wrong because I certainly didn't expect to have the team that we did this year and... And next year, it's probably going to be a full list of of guys that I never expected could even be considered. So, yeah, I'm, it'll be really, really interesting, as I said. And I think there'll be quite a few shocks. I saw Penny Hardaway was going for the Orlando Magic job, which I think is really, really cool. Um, so, yeah, there'll be plenty of guys looking for jobs um, this off season. So it'll be quite interesting to see who comes in. Give me Vince Carter. That's what, that's oh, what yeah. I was going to say. 
bring bring Vin Sanity back to the Nets. That'd be dope. Um, a couple more quick um, little stories just before we get into. We're going to have to talk about this Bucks series. I'm putting it off, um, but it's going to have to happen. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie has been cleared to return to all basketball activity. Um, so he would have been available for the Eastern Conference Finals and Finals had the Nets made him. Um, and he's also officially declined the option, um, his player option, which we all knew he would anyway, uh, in search of a payday or a homecoming. So that's that's left it pretty blatant as what he wants uh, to do. Um, we had a listener question uh, from George Rebeck from Twitter. Thank you, George. He says, everything pointing to a Dinwiddie sign-in trade. Who would you realistically go for from either LA team? So if he wants to go to LA, you can pick someone from the Clippers, some or someone from the Lakers. Obviously, we spoke a lot about a potential um, Kuzma trade in the last time we potted. But um, do, what what do you guys think of you know Spencer returning? Uh, obviously, his timing is horrible, um, and potentially a, a swap for for one of the LA players. Yeah, I'd say. There's, I don't think there's a scenario where he ends up back in Brooklyn. First of all, I'll just say, if it's never been more obvious than it is now that Spencer Dinwiddie and Shams are like best friends, and he definitely just DMs him on the constant, just telling them what he wants them to tweet out, just for his own benefit, because that, that happens all the time. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think he'll end up in Brooklyn. And I, I think there's a good chance that he's probably already got some form of agreement with one of the LA teams. I'd say that, like, I'd obviously... A tampering move but i'd say there's a good chance there's already been something some discussions with the lakers um i reckon i've already seen in the past that lebron absolutely loves spencer he tried to trade for him when he was in cleveland a few years ago with a, their first but they never got him in the end so maybe this is the opportunity um yeah i'd, I'd probably agree with matt in terms of um, montrez harrell would be my main option you, you need to get some size back if we're going to get anyone at all um, for obvious reasons, obviously, with the last series. If, if you're going Clippers, Serge Ibaka, but I, I, I don't think he's probably going to be available just because he didn't play much this year, and I reckon they'll, they'll want to have a good look at him next year. Um, but, yeah, Montrez Harrell, I'm, I'm not part of the Kyle Kuzma bandwagon, um, but I'll, I'll certainly take Montrez Harrell because he, he is an absolute dog, and he, he's not been used very well at the Lakers as he was at the Clippers, so I could see the Nets getting the best out of him. I mean, I'd quite have. He'd probably my choice as well uh, for the Lakers. Also, a big man, something we lacked throughout the season. Obviously, once Jared Allen departed. As for the Clippers, I'm going to throw a bit of a curveball and maybe not a name most expected. And I, I don't know how this would work if we went down the kind of sign and trade route. Uh, Rajon Rondo. Now, hear me out on this. Obviously, Dinwiddie is departing. Uh, he's a kind of second string point guard if you're classing Kyrie as a shooting guard. You, you, you let go uh, kind of, uh, well, the second point guard in Dinwiddie. You need someone to come with a bit of experience. Who's got more experience at point guard currently in the league than Rajon Rondo? I doubt there's many players. Just a player with insane kind of just court intelligence, basketball intelligence, like all, all that kind of thing. And whilst his peak is undoubtedly past him, he just kind of strikes him as a player who would come in and just do really well, obviously would help the few kind of younger guys on the team, but just a guy who, yeah, I, he didn't really set the world alight at the Clippers. His numbers haven't been fantastic or anything like that. But yeah, I just, just it was a name when I was looking at names who we could go for. It was just one that I thought that, that could work in a kind of strange roundabout way. As for 
Spence, yeah, he's definitely not coming back to us. Uh, I did find the timing of his announcement that he was cleared a bit strange. No sooner were we out of the playoffs than the kind of all the announcements, oh, he's cleared and stuff. That could have been purely coincidental. I know in these instances, players have kind of timelines and whatnot. It might have just happened that that was it, but it did just seem a bit weird that we went out and it's all right, now, now I'm available again, or I could have been available for the next round. And that's, yeah, if that's true, fantastic. Congratulations to Spence on recovering so quickly, and we obviously hope to see him do so well. But it's just, yeah, it's, it's a bit annoying. If it was true and we managed to make it through, you can't help but wonder what would have happened. Yeah, it's, it's a true. That's a wicked point about um, Rondo. That's, that's a really, really good shout. Because, um, yeah, I think had, had Spencer been healthy this season... And he was still in this team post Harden trade because we don't know about that. But he would have absolutely been. He probably would have then moved up on them, been been that sixth man, and and just so can take the ball out of the big freeze hands when when they needed to take some rest. So I think Rondo for that would be absolutely great. Um, Montrez Harrell, great shout. Um, I think that's really really good. Um, I was thinking, do the Nets need like a just a Big body, like you say. Um, so I was thinking maybe Markeith Morris from the Lakers. Uh, obviously, I haven't watched him too closely, but you know they're kind of scrappy, kind of um, antagonists, which are kind of good to have, in your, have on your team. We could we could grab an Antetokounmpo, um, get him on there just for a laugh, um, just to see what happens. Um, yeah, Serge over on the Clippers, Serge Ibaka. I've loved him for a long, long time. I wanted him. Um, at the beginning of this season, I thought that would have been really good. Um, but yeah, I think there's, I'm, I'm just going to uh, agree with what you guys say. Um, but heading back to, to Matty Riley, he said, odds on we end up with Pat Bev, which I think if he's one of them, if, he, if he's on your team, you absolutely love him. But as, as it stands, he's not on my team and I, and I don't love him. So um, just one of those things. Um, and then one more little bit of uh, news a really, really super quick one, but this is um, the, the latest episode in KD's Twitter beef with someone. Uh, this time it is Scotty, I have a book to sell, Pippin, uh, inserting himself into lots and lots of different conversations. Uh, but Pippin said in an interview about KD and the, and the Bucks series, he said he needs to learn how to utilize his teams. He has to learn how to set up his teammates to be better. That's it. He was taking all the shots. You done played the whole game, bro. And if they've got guys physically wearing you down, you're going to lose. Um, KD obviously clapped back saying that, hang on a minute, weren't you the fella that, you know, spat his bottom lip out and didn't play the final seconds of a game because they were going to give it to Tony Kukoc? Um, which, you know, you, KD is still undefeated on Twitter, in my opinion. Um, but I don't know what, what you guys made of this latest spat between these guys. I mean, as you say, uh, Pippin definitely has kind of got involved in lots and lots of things lately. And it's just, I can't help but think, if KD's feet weren't so big and he'd actually sunk that shot, would Pippin have piped up? No, he probably wouldn't have. Um, you can kind of see where he's coming from in a sense. KD was doing literally everything. Um, can you blame KD? No, not really. He, he had no option but to Kyrie and Harden carry out pretty much the whole time. Harden on one leg. KD had no option but to kind of put the team on his shoulders. And I think had he not done that, Pippen would have probably picked up and criticised him for, for not taking the reins and leaving it to others. In these moments, this is where the big players kind of step up. KD did, unfortunately, 
we just fell short as tools unfortunately didn't fall short they fell just a bit over the line but we'll, we'll get on to that just shortly but yeah <laughs> I, I can't understand why Pippin's getting thing. Where I, I'd seen him kind of mentioning about if he's better than LeBron, had he surpassed LeBron and stuff. And it's like, yes, LeBron took the Cavs through some kind of situations or some terrible teammates. But then LeBron, if he was in that situation, he, he'd 100% play every minute of the game. He'd be taking the shots. So, yeah, I think it's a, some silly comments from Pippin. Yeah, don't say something about KD without expecting him to bite back. And he, he must be just the king of arguments because he just always seems to win and, and no one seems to come back when KD says something. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's an absolute load of rubbish what, what Pippen was saying. I mean, I think KD plays team basketball perfectly and he, he very rarely goes ISO like that, like like obviously he did in Game 7, but he literally had no choice at the end. Harden was playing at 30 40%. And yeah, we'd have been going insane if the ball wasn't in his hands. And I just find it really interesting because what's the narrative that people actually want to go by about KD? Because the big thing seems to be you have to win by yourself. He's like, oh no, you need to prove yourself by winning by yourself. You need you keep joining these super teams. So like, what do people actually want? Do they want him to play by himself or do they want him to play with a team? It's just, yeah, it seems to change depending on what's actually going on at that time. So yeah, I, I don't actually care at all with Scotty Pippen and he's went down to my estimations after some of the rubbish he's been spouting over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he's absolutely on one. I don't really want to give him any more airtime uh, on our platform. Uh, so yeah, did just do one, Scotty Pippen. Uh, you look like Squidward. Um, so <laughs> the time has come. Um, we've, we've been putting it off, but it's... Um, the next season is over and it still feels a bit weird. I obviously went right on holiday after like the day after. So it's a bit weird for me to kind of, <laughs> to kind of get back into it. I was in a nice little bubble building sandcastles with my daughter. Um, but it's, it's time to dig over the corpse of this, uh, this buck series, uh, do an autopsy on the next season. And, and I thought what we do is just kind of go through, instead of going through game by game by game, just kind of go through the main themes Um that that kind of happened on this um on this in this uh in this series and i wanted to start on on the on all the injuries um but starting off with um Kyrie irving and obviously i i put out a little video of on twitter of um a little kind of switch up between a a, a little piece of, of film of of Kyrie Irving closing out a three-point shooter on the perimeter, jumping into a space, but then having the wherewithal to move his feet so the, so the shooter's got time to land. And then you juxtapose that with Giannis boxing out Kyrie while he's in the air, coming all up in his landing space, and Kyrie lands on Giannis's big old feet and turns an ankle, and that's him done for the rest of the season, essentially. Um... So it left us another shot creator down, another ball handler down. Um, and I'm going to say, I think Giannis is dirty. Um, what did you guys, what did you guys make of it? Yeah, that, that was a dirty player. And, and I don't care what anyone says about it. They can say that he was trying to box him out. But as you said, he was mid-air. You don't box guys out mid-air. It's, it's never happened. And uh, yeah, I, he's, there was a couple other plays where I thought, Giannis, what are you doing, man? Which there was another one that you shared as well. I think when he was shoved, did he shove Kyrie down? I can't yep. remember. 
yeah, it's it's just stupid basketball. And you can put it down to being clumsy all you like. Yeah, he's seven foot, but come on, you don't you don't do that when a guy's midair like that, especially on a layup. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of the 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 actual Kyrie's injury itself, at that point, I was like, that's it. It's done. It's done. I, I, as soon as he went down, I thought there, there's not a chance because I thought Harden's not coming back at that point. And yeah, just Kyrie going down, it was just unfair. I mean, we, we've talked about it all season where we've said, once we get to the playoffs, we're going to be healthy. We're going to be healthy. And I think I was naive and I think a lot of fans were naive to think that we'd be able to just turn off injuries like that. And obviously Kyrie's one. He's been the healthy guy this year. That's the thing that hurt the most. He's been the guy that's kept his health and he's had an incredible year and he was playing really, really well, I think. He maybe wasn't getting some of the, the scoring numbers in the playoffs, but some of the plays he had were just spectacular and we really were hard done by not getting to see him for those last few games. And uh, yeah, I, I, it's just so unfair. Obviously, we're hard on going in and Kyrie going down. I, I don't care what anyone says. If we had those guys, we were going we were gonna to sweep that series. We were going to go to Milwaukee and we were going to beat them. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it just wasn't meant to be. And, yeah, I feel really sorry for Kyrie because you could see even, like, he tried to get up after that and, and tried to carry on. It like, looked like he was going to try and carry on playing, but brutal for him. And I really do feel for him because he deserved it after quite a tough year. Um, but, yeah, it just wasn't meant to be for him, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, it was a, a real poor show. You obviously get the kind of freak accidents where a guy closes out and, and stuff like that. But yeah, Yanis, for, for a guy who I think is quite universally liked in the league, everyone sees him as quite a bit of a good guy. Maybe that narrative's maybe changed a little, but most people quite like him, like his kind of backstory, how he's kind of come to the position he's in. But yeah, it was just it was a real shame. Kyrie going down and like Aiden, when, when he went down, that, that did seem like it was it. We obviously managed to rally around. We got was another two wins after that and it was like yeah this is this is all right we could probably do this Harden coming back and it was like yeah this is it but Harden as we kind of said earlier on playing on one leg nobody very few people in fact would even attempt to do that he done that just to try and help the team out and you can only you can only really thank him for his efforts you, you couldn't have really expected much from him we did see he wasn't getting many points. He was he was just trying what whatever he could to just try and make an impact, but it just wasn't the same. And as Aiden says, had had we been healthy, not only would we have got past the Bucks, we'd went all the way. I'm I'm not here otherwise. This was a a series and a season derailed by injuries. It wasn't a a series ended by us being absolutely atrocious and one where you you feel really sick and just it's really bad. I don't think we played that badly. Of course, there were points in games. There was a game or two we lost. And it was like, right, that was that was quite poor, but you can kind of give it playoffs games. You, you drop games here and there, but ultimately it was injuries that killed us. And so long as we can kind of stay injury-free next season, that would that, that, that would be amazing. And we're kind of going back to, to trades. Um, I don't know about the, the Lakers or the Clippers team, medical teams. Do you reckon we'd be able to do a deal and swap them? with Spence just obviously we've spoken we seem to speak every week about the Nets medical team they seem to have some amazing reputation around the league but I don't know if we've just built them up too much and it just whenever when everything really mattered everyone just crumbled Harden forced himself back obviously all the oh if it was the playoffs he'd play this or that two week injuries been six week injuries and it's you just wonder we, there's just so many what ifs but yeah I think had, had they been fit we'd have won this series no bother and yeah it, it is what it is yeah, I think yeah, it, it does make me sick. I'm not. It's just one of those. It's just we've 
done all the we'd done all the right things going up to this to this series and then just some stupid injuries like you say like we said earlier it's just like you can be the the healthiest guy in the world and do a hamstring you can be the healthiest guy in the world but if you jump up and then someone puts their big stupid foot where you're going to land you're going to roll your ankle like there's no you can't combat that there's no pre you, there's there's no you know warm ups you can do to limit that. Do you know what I mean? It's it's it does make you sick. But but going back to James Harden, what a warrior man! Um, I think so. It's it's a grade two hamstring strain um, that he was playing with. Which you know, if that happens the first week of the season, you're out multiple weeks. Um, it's I think it's anywhere between two and five weeks. I think I read that you're out, and he was back. I don't know if he was just pop full of cortisone or whatever it was just to get him back onto the floor. But you could see he, he couldn't push the tempo, which probably resulted in the Nets kind of um, having fewer fast break points or um, sort of points off turnovers and that kind of thing, which, you know, that's more often than not what, what games kind of hinge on. Um, so you could see it. There was, there was definitely one, one player, one play, I should say, where I think he got the steal and yeah. it was just him at half court with no one. And he, and he, he stopped. Just, yeah, yeah he, he just knew he couldn't because his his leg had explode. So, so it's rough. And I mean, you know, with with Kyrie out, Kurt, sorry, with Kyrie out, um, Harden being the competitor he is, um, just said, just you know, bandage me up and put me back in, coach. So, and and you know, testament to that. Hopefully he can he can get a nice long rest this summer by not going to the Olympics like we've been talking about, and he can be back. But but luckily we had Kevin Durant on this team, and had a, I think it's it's safe safe to say had we not had Kevin Durant on this team, you know it, it would have been a lot uglier, uh, especially with some of the role players not turning up um, as they well should have, which we'll get onto later. But I've, I've boiled I've boiled KD's series down to two main points and it was the 49 point game where he was i haven't got i should have pulled up the stats in front of me but he was 49 and 15 and 10 or something never been done in a playoff game before ever um and the the last shot that never was if you know if if kd wasn't a size 18 then you know that the nets don't go to overtime and the nets win game seven at home um and yeah but Alas, you know that's that's another parallel universe that that we don't live in. So, so just guys, your thoughts on on Kevin Durant and um, and what he's meant to to this Nets team in his in his first full healthy season. I mean, nobody can doubt this man anymore. We kind of expected him to come back and still be pretty good. He's, he's far surpassed that. Obviously, you you can raise your level in the playoffs, and the level KD reached is, is a level that very few players, I think, have ever reached. That 49-point game that you just referenced, Matt, was one of the finest individual games of basketball I think we're likely to see this century, and I'd probably even go beyond that as well. It was just beautiful. Everything he done just seemed to work, and obviously tried it in, in many games, and just, yeah, as you said, in the kind of Final game, his, his shoes being too big, and there was an interesting anecdote. I was watching the Sky Sports coverage, and Mo Munsey, the hoop genius, actually said that KD wears easy either a size 16 or 17, but he likes the kind of room in his feet on the court, so he had a, a, a bigger size shoe on. If I had the normal size shoe on, it would have been a three-pointer. And hearing that, I just wish Mo hadn't mentioned it, because <laughs> you're, you're just thinking, why, why, why have you done this? But it was like... You, 
it was an absolutely phenomenal shot and we managed to get a few more minutes of basketball and I mean it was just I think that kind of the final shot where he airballed it just epitomized everything he'd given literally everything he'd, he'd exhausted himself he was and there was just nothing left and you can't you can't really blame him for missing it. He, he tried, and and that was it. I think there's a lot more that went wrong uh, in this series, and it certainly wasn't KD's fault. There was very little that KD did that was something that you could criticise or went what went wrong, other than the shoe size. I think that's it, and I it, it is sickening to think that it literally came down to one or two inches, and I, it does amaze me basketball at times to think that a seven game series can come down to one possession. And yeah, it, it's it's gotten, but I mean, KD has been absolutely phenomenal and putting up just incredible numbers, historical numbers in a mammoth, mammoth amount of minutes, including playing 48 minutes in one game. And Cammy, you mentioned earlier about the Nets medical staff. I do need to give them props because that guy came off an Achilles injury and he managed to play that amount of minutes. So they've managed to get him back to that level and you do need to give them certain a certain amount of credit because you do need to remember that is part of the reason why he chose to come to the Nets because he wanted to rehab here. And and just to see him play like that and probably is, is his prime. He's is the best I've ever seen him, certainly since I've watched basketball. It is just absolutely gutting that it had to end in that way. And I don't think there's anyone that should have been, there's anyone else, should I say, that should have been getting the photographs at the end with the finals MVP trophy than Kevin Durant. And I, I know that's it. It's, it's the photos that you, you kind of see them in your head of just him standing there like that. And it is absolutely devastating that it had to end that way after just some of the most incredible basketball that we'll ever see. And yeah, it's yeah, just a couple of inches. Honestly, that, that's all it was. It's it's absolutely gutting. I will say like that that last shot with the earball that we probably should have taken a time out before that, and he would have nailed it after that as well. It's just, it's, there's little things, and you can nitpick it as much as you want, but it just wasn't meant to be. But we can still enjoy the fantastic basketball that we did see. Yeah, it's, if there was any doubt of what percentage of KD we were getting um, post Achilles injury, I think we got a hundred and ten percent of KD back. Um, yeah, show show me a better basketball player in 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 the world, and it's impossible. Um, and he's just been an absolute joy to watch. Uh, and yeah, left it all out there. Um, what I think might be the case is this is just going to spur the big three on again to to make it in Brooklyn and and bring some championships here because they were so close um, to to beating this thing. And I think you know as well as the Hawks have played, you know I don't think anyone was was um, thinking they were going to get past, um, you know, Philly and, and be in the position they are now, you know, I think that's that's a that's a, a series you go in confident. So, but you know, we're, we're just torturing ourselves talking about talking about the what could have been. But um, it's just we're going to tell we're going to chat about role players now, but we're going to start with the good. Um, and I just thought we we touch on Blake Griffin, um, who I think has to be has to be the first person you re-sign next year um out of everyone um super scrappy shot something like 40 percent from three for this series absolutely off the head um what what did you guys uh make a blake uh from from this series i was i was absolutely in love with him not not as in love of him as our friend elliot is um but <laughs> you know love love the guy love 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 a bit of blake yeah, I, I thought he was absolutely excellent. And 
Yeah, I mean, you'll remember, Blake, he would have had his own section in the end-of-season DVDs if he won about just his scrappiness and his desire. And I think for what, I, what I'll remember, Blake, about the series, I just thought he was absolutely excellent on Giannis. And I think we did touch on it in the last podcast um, that I just think he played his role really well and maybe he did find out, get found out a little bit towards the end of the series, but... I mean, what an adjustment for a guy who came from Detroit and he was the man. He was the man in Detroit. He was the best player. And he just adjusted himself and he understood his role perfectly. And he was making plays to win. And yeah, I, I don't think we can underestimate how important he was here. And yeah, I think you're spot on, Matt. He has to be one of the one of the first guys that we, we need to try and get back next year because I think he is invaluable. And um, yeah, he just demonstrates that Brooklyn grit that we've maybe not seen for the last couple of years. And yeah, I, I, I just think he has been excellent. And he, you could see his desire to win. And and he did speak at the end of the of the game seven and said that he hadn't had a chance to obviously think about his next plans. He did say it was only an hour and a half out of the last game. He's like, that's, that's not in my mind right now. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if Blake came back next year. I think he, he's fully bought into what this is all about. And I don't think you'll see this season as a disappointment. I mean, obviously, his goal was to come and win a ring. Everyone's was. But I don't think you'll see it as a disappointment. I think he fully understands why we lost. And, and I hope we see him back next year. Yeah, Tyler um, at BKN Nets London on Twitter um, came through with a listener question. He said, well, he has a very, very good point. He says, with Blake due 20 plus million from Detroit next season, um, do you think he'll run it back with us on a vet minimum for another shot at a ring? Um, I can absolutely see that happening. If he's happy to take it now, there's no reason why he wouldn't be happy to to keep it at a vet minimum um, next year so the Nets can retool uh, and get some more bits around them. Um, but yeah, massive from great. Uh, shout out to Jeff Green as well, who I thought was great. Um, obviously, yeah, was dealing with that... Um, foot butt injury like that plantar fascia whatever it was like obviously nagging him i think he did come back and played hurt um he obviously wasn't as explosive as he had been um, before the injury but if we're going to talk about role players and we're going to talk about this buck series um we need to talk about joe um and we had a listener question from the mark a robert from twitter that just said joe harris discuss so, so what, what happened? What happened to our boy? What happened to him? From going from our star role player, as Forbes described him in Blake Griffin, to the man who was probably supposed to be that star role player in Joe Harris. Um, Joe, as much as it pains me to say, choked when it really mattered in the playoffs. A regular season sharpshooter, the leading three-point scorer, unbelievable shooter. But kind of near the end of the season, we pointed it out. I think we were a bit reluctant to net, kind of, final weeks of the season we didn't want to admit that that our kind of love a uh, kind of love for joe harris was too strong to say that he was doing badly and it just kind of the poor form in the final few weeks of the season carried into the playoffs and he just never got going and it's just it's a shame he wasn't the only role player not to, to kind of turn up but when you're paying a guy that much and when he's performed that well in the regular season you at least expect some kind of output from him but there were far too many games when he just Blue so cold, uh, and yeah, it's it's a really tough one to kind of see. We all love Joe to pieces, and there's been so many suggestions that he should be traded. And I think I can understand why these have come about. If we're to improve the team in, in any which way, 
you'd imagine he's going to be part of conversations, even though the teams who are likely to trade for him have seen him kind of brick the playoffs. That could well have been just a confidence thing. I think if you've had a few weeks playing shooting badly, it's going to take its toll on you mentally. And there was someone in the Discord who'd mentioned perhaps uh, getting him dealt with a mental coach, just having him by his side, kind of con consistently telling him, you can do it. And that could make the difference. So I hope that, that Joe's still around next season. But you'd imagine if we're looking to kind of make a big, big trade, he, he's probably going to be one of the ones sacrificed. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't good enough. And I think that that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. I mean, I, I remember a couple of years ago in the Sixer series that he, he went really quiet and poor then and a few years ago. And I, at the time, I just put it down to inexperience and, and I just thought it wouldn't happen again. But, I mean, I do think some of the hate that he has received is really unfair, but he does deserve to be criticised. And I'm not going to zone in on particular plays. I mean, you can talk about that open three that he had in game seven or or the kind of mid-ranger that he had in, in game three. But he just didn't make his shots in general, never mind the ones in the crucial moments. He just never really got hot at all. And it's, it's one of those things you, you talk about potentially trading him. Is it a good idea? I mean, his trade value is probably at its lowest it's been in a long time. And is it a good time to trade a guy like that? Probably not. You want to trade these guys when they've got good value. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we, we love Joe Harris. It's, it's, we love him and I am gutted for him at the at kind of first and foremost. Uh, but he, he was putting the blame on himself. So he understands kind of what happened, but it just can't happen again. I mean, you can't have that happen in, in a game as big as that, where you just go cold like that because you do become a negative on the team. And yeah, I, you could see that some of the other guys are kind of getting on at him a wee bit. But yeah, I, I don't think they'll trade him. But he just needs to make sure that it never happens again because it's, it's so important, especially when he's earning that amount of money. Isra, do you know how many points that he averaged per game for this series? Oh, it's seven, oh. if you're lucky. Nine. And mm. he shot, um, wherever I got it in front of me, he shot 16 of 49 from three, which is good for 32%. Which, for a man that shoots 15% better than that in the regular season, is there's got to be some kind of mental toughness coach out there um and you know like a holistic kind of um i'm into my rugby and i know there was there was um like the, the, one of the england teams that won the world cup they were like proper into like the kind of mental side of it as well so so maybe that's something i'm not i'm not ready to give up on him He's, he shouldn't go anywhere i think um i can't see the nets giving up on him um that quickly um so unless unless KD and Kyrie and James Harden really put down the foot and were like, he needs to be gone, which I can't see them doing at all. Um, Joe. Matt, your mic's disconnected. Your mic's disconnected. How's that? There we go. There, there we, we go. go. I was just, I was just getting all up in my feelings about Joe. <laughs> Um, it's a good point. Oh, it's happened again. Hmm. There, there we go. go. Come on now. Third time's a charm. <laughs> yeah, you, make, you make a good point about him um, potentially being overpaid. I, I, I've got into a lot of arguments with people um, about Joe Harris's contract this season. Um, they, they'll know who they are if they listen to this. But, you know, you can't, 
you can't be a good regular season three-point shooter and then choke it in the playoffs. It's, it's as simple as that. Um, but yeah, for, for everyone saying that he needs to be traded, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but here we are. But from one person who we should really get behind and not slag off to some to one person that we can absolutely get our teeth into and slag off for as long as we want. We've we've been going nearly an hour, but I've I've got all the time in the world to talk about this. Um, Giannis is free throws, man. Why is it? Thank you, Matty Riley. Giannis getting a full shot clock for his free throws. Why is it that one man is allowed to legitimately not play by the rules? You might as well be able to take an extra step um, after you've gathered the ball. You might as well, you know, have a 26-second shot clock. The, 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 the referees enforced this rule once with uh, taking over 10 seconds to, to shoot a free throw. Why? Why is it fine? I don't. I don't know. Like so, all the all the teams that played Milwaukee have have um, complained about this. Um, obviously, big up to the Barclays Center crowd for, for counting along and and you know doing the the screen grabs of their um, phone timers and things like that. But I don't. I don't get it. Someone explain it to me. Someone please. I, I don't get it either, to be honest with you. It's, it is just weird. I think I saw that he averaged 12.89 seconds or something like that per free throw in this series. And yeah, it's just weird that he gets away with it. I mean, that one referee that gave it, no one complained to him when it happened. It's not like people are going absolutely mental when they're making the decision. It's the rules at the end of the day. No one actually complains about it. And yeah, it just feels like they can be scared at times because you can see them considering it and then never actually following through with it. So, yeah, I, I don't even think it's just that. I mean, Giannis gets away with traveling. He gets away with push-offs all the time. And I'm not going to sound like a bad loser, but I know stars get their calls, but he just seems to get his way with it all the time. And, yeah, he, he's really incredibly talented as a player. Uh, but, yeah, and it's a bit worrying that a guy who misses half his free throws when he spends half the game standing at line practicing them, which is just insane but look you can mump and moan about it all you want but it, they're not going to change it. it it doesn't look like they're going to change it and yeah it's just it's just going to be one of these things that certain guys get away with it and it's so frustrating i, I think james harden was the best one that just kind of turned around to the referee and going come on even when he was on the sidelines he was going like that come on but yeah it was just really really disappointing to to see that the referees aren't enforcing the rules because it will sort the game out and i think Personally, free throws is the most boring part of the ba uh, boring part of basketball in my eyes. I really don't like them. So more guys kind of stand in line for that amount of time. It just frustrates me even further. I mean, the, the NBA have also announced a change in the rules with regards to kind of awkward shooting positions. Kind of, you know, the shots. The Trey Young, James Harden's leaning in, kind of contorting themselves. Given they've kind of changed that, that players seem to get away with for ages and ages. And obviously, there are people who'd complain about it. It maybe if there's enough complaints, but I mean, I can't actually think of many people who take as long as Yanis to take free throws. It's unbelievable, obviously, as we said, all the countdowns, all the count ups. Just I think the Nets even had kind of the, the, the clock going on the kind of jumbotron. It was just, yeah, it was it was unbelievable. And also, the fact Yanis would then go and miss half of these free throws, as Aiden said. So, what why bother wasting your time when you know you're going to break the free throw and on some cases not even make the rim? Um, I think that was one of the longest ones he actually waited to take and got nowhere near the hoop. But yeah, unbelievable that he got away with that. And 
I mean, yeah, it does make us sound a bit like so losers, but when it is quite literally the rules, there's a, there's a, you can kind of be allowed with a to to make a few complaints. I think. Yeah, it's one of them. It's like you, I saw that they were going to um, put that um, that new rule in the Trey Young James Harden rule, and it's like you say, it's just like you can't even the, the rules always or <laughs> the rules already there. Just enforce it. It's just super, super annoying. What they should have done is just game one, call it every single time. So it's not like you're, you know, spoiling the whole series. Just like, no, do it every single time and that's it. And then it will get drummed into him and then you can play the rest of it. Set your intentions early as a referee and um, and follow it. I don't know what the hell's going on, but someone in the comment is just telling us to dab but it's not 2016 anymore mate so calm down um so yeah i think i mean i'm even getting on at the people that are watching us so that's that's not cool is it i think so so in in a sentence what what's what's gone wrong how do you feel uh for me it's it's just injuries and bad luck what do you guys make of it yeah same line for me yeah, injuries, bad luck. wasn't bad coaching, wasn't the opposition. It was the fact we couldn't stay healthy. That was it. That's it. And it goes goes to show that, you know, that the Bucks have been, you know, near the top of the, the NBA for the last few years. And it and it, all it took was for Kyrie Irving to go down, James Harden to be on one leg, um, you know, them to bend the rules uh, when they need to, our role players to go cold, and they still only squeaked past us in seven in a game seven overtime. So um, so here we are. Um, this guy's gone mental any in the comments. What is he doing? What Michael Jackson said? Oi! All right. Yeah. All right. Sorry, I didn't read that through. He's got to go. How's he got? Is he gone? Yeah. Sweet. Well, okay. Um, Good work. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but right. So. I think that's a safe place. Continue to sound off in the uh, in the comments uh, if you do have any more thoughts about this Bucks series. But um, we're going to go on to some listener questions. Um, so from Shugs at the Green Release uh, on Twitter, he said, you're the GM for a day and you get to make one realistic trade to improve the squad, whether it be shift one of the big three to bring depth on the bench. What are you doing and why? What do you guys think? We've already discussed it a little bit, but if there's anything we didn't cover off. Um, no, I'll, I'll uh, do you want me to go first, Cammy? Yeah, go for it, because I am kind of in two minds about what I'm thinking with regard to trading folk. Bam, Joe Harris for Miles Turner. That's going to be my trade. I, I quite liked <laughs> what Matty was saying earlier. I think it's been thrown around quite a lot, and I think it's just one of the only trades for the money to actually work, but yeah, someone like that, Miles Turner, would just revolutionise our defence and they're looking at selling. So, yeah, maybe try and go for someone like that. Just get some rebounding, defend big bodies, rim protection. His value isn't at his highest either. They're kind of looking to go more Sabonis at the five, apparently, and, and, and kind of put him on the trade block. So, yeah, something like that. I, I, I don't think I can bear another season where we don't have someone that can, can be at the rim and... and and block big guys. I don't actually care who it is anymore. I take Dwight Howard at this rate, but yeah, someone like that, or even, even just yeah, what was mentioned earlier about a Dinwiddie side and trade for for Montrez Harrell for for similar reasons. So yeah, something like that. We we need a big. I don't care how we get one, but I, I still think we we need someone in there because small ball and in certain situations just makes it so difficult to 
to get through certain games. And I, I think we'll be much better next year in terms of obviously the health reasons. But yeah, just get a big body in there. That's all I want. I think hearing that trade, I'd, I'd probably go the same. I don't know if you're going to include picks or other kind of players in that. But yeah, the the centre is the position that we need. I, I was going to have a bit of a cop out and say, I'm, I'm not sure because um, I think any bar in the big three could literally be moved on this summer and we could have an entirely different roster bar in those three. So I guess you could say, ask me this kind of during the off-season when things are a bit clearer or halfway through next season. It's quite hard when things are not necessarily up in the air. I've not seen many rumours about stuff, but just kind of trying to work out with kind of contracts expand where we'll actually be sitting as a centre going to be the main priority. Could we be down to just a uh, kind of one one kind of KD like player, a eh, like a small forward or power forward, do, would that be an area we need to? But yeah, I think based on now, I'd probably say Miles Turner would be a fantastic pickup. Um, whether Joe Harris, uh, you'd imagine Joe Harris would probably be enough. Both players, as Zane says, values are maybe maybe dropped a little bit, so it might be a, a move that both teams could make to kind of get a decent player back in return who could they could maybe make a reclamation project. Nice, yeah, that's that's a good shout. I'm gonna, I went a little, I'm gonna zig when you guys zag. Obviously, we've spoken about Montrez Harrell, we've spoken about Sergio Baca, which obviously are the big bodies. Is it time to get JJ Redick back into back home? Uh, obviously, if you weren't aware, uh, every article you will read about JJ Redick is he lives in Brooklyn, so you know there's that connection, uh, and his and his wife has an art collection or something. But um, that's a nice house. There's a video yeah. on, that on YouTube. Aiden yeah, put onto that great. one. <laughs> Lots of art in that house. <laughs> but I think so. That could be a nice shout. Obviously, um, Joe Harris insurance. Maybe if he decides to go cold, you can wheel out thirty million year old JJ Reddick how old is he now I've got it in front He's, of me must be 39 40 37 as of now Whoa. so he'll be 38 He's just a young man yeah he's you know prime of his life but <laughs> but you know you is is that an option um but yeah it's um it's an interesting one like you say it's it's a it's a lot of um a lot of a lot of uh, off season still to be done uh, to make uh stuff going this early but yeah um Sean Marks will absolutely have it um have it covered over so thanks for that shugs um this next one from uh double clutch uk's resident knicks fan nick whitfield on twitter says with the presumably healthy nets uh in my opinion the favorites for the title next season as nets fans who would you see as your biggest rivals going into next season giving what we know now i'll see Based on now, probably the Bucks again. You'd imagine they'll, if they don't win it this year, they'll, they'll kind of try and go all in for the sake of keeping Yanis happy. And whether that's possible, I don't know. But they've been a solid regular season team for several years now. With the Sixers and Ben Simmons possibly parting ways, that could disrupt things there. So you'd probably say the Bucks. I'm going to say as well, the Atlanta Hawks. Now this could be a shout purely. We've seen how good they've been with three young kind of lighting up in the playoffs and performing phenomenally. If they managed to add a piece or two, they could actually become really dangerous. We've seen, kind of, as we discussed earlier, the difference that Chris Paul trade made for the Suns. Maybe just an experienced head in that Hawks team could completely change the dynamic of that team and they, they could really make it hard for us. I'm presuming that uh, Nick is just going on about the regular season, but if we're talking playoffs, again, it's really hard. In the West, I think we were basically saying that it's going to be Lakers' next final. Lakers obviously had their injury issues like we did. 
if AD stays fit, LeBron's able to perform to a high level, you, you certainly fancy them to be there thereabouts. But then the Suns, as we've already said, you could have another team like that a uh, next season. The Mavs, if they trade Porzingis, they might get a decent player who could help Luka Doncic out, and they could be a problem. It's, I think it, it's a really interesting season next season, potentially. Yeah, I, I, I kind of mimic what you said about the playoffs. I, I, I'm not worried about the East at the moment in terms of what we've seen. If the Nets were healthy, I'm not worried against anyone. The Sixers lost against the Hawks. They're, they're not there to be worried about, and, and I'm not worried about the Hawks personally either. I don't think the Nets would be a good matchup for them. I, I could see us doing really well against them. Um, and the Bucks, we nearly beat them with one and a half, one and a half stars, really, didn't we? So, um, yeah, I, I, I would say definitely the West is is going to be the place to worry about next year. I think the Suns obviously have taken a massive leap, and they're no joke. The Clippers are are still a really really good team, and and they're only going to get better. Again, it's two two teams that you can worry about potentially could be the the Sixers if they make moves. At the moment, I'm not too worried, but Ben Simmons could get traded somewhere. Imagine if they bring in Dame Lillard. That could be uh, as big as a Harden trade if they bring in Dame Lillard. So, um, and the Lakers, you've got to think with LeBron's clock, which Father Time never seemed to end for him. But I, I think it could be getting to that stage now where they they're going to put all their chips um, in just to for another run at the, for a chip with LeBron. So, be really interesting to see what they do as well. But yeah, I just think a healthy Nets team wins it this year comfortably at the moment, which which hurts a lot because as of now, obviously, we should be in the Eastern Conference Finals, probably nearly in the finals. And it should be next year, we should be in the exact same situation. But yeah, obviously, next question was as of now, but there's still plenty of time for moves to be made. And you've got to think, if teams are making moves, they're looking at the Nets as their benchmark and and everyone's going to try and improve next year. So, yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting. And it's, I don't think it's going to be easy as, as some are making out. But at the moment, the Nets, the Nets are definitely going to, going to be the favourites. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think I saw something about, um, obviously, the Suns being as great a team as they are. They've the, the For each opponent that they've faced in this playoffs, they've had a, a key player out. So, obviously, as, as at the time of recording where they're playing the Clippers, I think... Um, you know, Kawhi Leonard sitting. Um, they had Jamal Murray out when they played Denver. Um, all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, there's a lot of talent to come back to these West Coast teams. Um, but yeah, I, I echo what you guys think, um, as as I so often do um, with your guys' insight. But I, I think, yeah, the, the East, I ain't scared of no one in the East um, for, for the points you guys have said. And, and I think you've got to look out West. Um, and yeah, I think the Clippers, I think... And they're still my kind of dark horse to come come away with everything, but but you know that's I just can't. I just wish the next season started in a couple of weeks, man. I, I don't know. I think we're going back we're back to our regularly scheduled um, kind of time frame for for when the season kicks off this year. So we've we've got a little old time to wait, um, which which is suck which sucks. But you know, it is what it is. I definitely we're we're coming for it. I'm I'm. My, I'm chomping at the bit to, to start off the next season and I'm sure that this next team will be too. Um, but that's it, really. We've we've gone gone well over an hour, which which is really cool, but there was a lot to get through um, that's gone on since the end of the playoffs and to, a lot to talk about um, with this Bucks series. So unless unless there's anything else you guys want to to pick up on, um, we'll get out of here. No, don't no, think of anything. We're all good Beautiful. to you. 
Love that. Well, there's, as I say, there's there's a lot of off-season to, to come in front of us and, you know, we're going to have to find some bits and bobs to talk about. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff in the in the pipeline to and some fun stuff to be getting on with, but let us know what you want to hear. Um, obviously, DM us, uh, hit us up on Twitter. That's the best place to get us. But um, yeah, thanks thanks for coming through uh, for this episode of BKT UK. Thanks for listening. Um, make sure you subscribe, rate, review, uh, whatever you can on um, whatever platform you're listening to uh, to help us spread the word. And yeah, we'll see you next time. See you later.